like I said, with the with the recording, I don't know if the background sounds gonna because we're in a coffee shop's gonna work, but we'll see how it is. I'll check the recording afterwards. Um, what what I've had on my heart is to talk about the subject of wisdom, which most of you probably know about. Uh, it's not a subject we actually hear taught a lot, and yet it's a massive subject in the Bible, especially as we start to look into it. This is the kind of series, to be honest, we could spend a year or longer on and still not exhaust the scriptures on it. So I'm just going to see how it goes. Uh, I don't know about you, but I more and more I want to capture and get a hold of the wisdom of God for my life. Um, I think you're going to you're going to realize, you know, every one of us, including me, have been fools. We've acted foolishly. Um, we've done foolish things. We've behaved in foolish ways. Uh, and it, it affects us. It affects our lives. It affects our relationships. It affects the people around us. Um, and but, you know, we can live with regret. We can or we can learn. And, and get it get it right and get it better. And the other thing is, I'm going to, as we look at the subject on wisdom, I'm going to distinguish between our own wisdom and the wisdom of God. And we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to camp on that a bit because I really want us to grasp what the difference is. Because I think sometimes we mix the two and we think our wisdom is the wisdom of God or what's, what's not. But we'll get there on that. Um, and we're going to look at some of the benefits of wisdom. There, there's so many benefits to wisdom in, in Scripture. One of them is happiness. I mean, how many people are just searching for happiness? And there's Scriptures which indicate the, when, you, when you yield and walk in wisdom, you'll be happy. One of the reasons you'll be happy is because your wisdom will cause you to act in a way that causes things to go right. Your relationships, your friendships, other things, and then you can be happy from them. Okay? Um, Anyway, but we'll 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 get to that, uh, and probably after I've talked, we can we can chat a little bit. We'll see how it goes. Do, do it informally and discuss. If the internet goes on and off and it doesn't stream right, right, that's just one of those things. But if you've got your Bibles, <laughs> um, let's go to James one, and uh, going to open up on a familiar scripture. One we've heard many times, but there's one that I, I, I just want to highlight one aspect of this. And I think in today's teaching, I'm just going to kind of uh, hit a few points about wisdom as introduction. I'm not going to get into specific aspects of the wisdom of God, but I want to point out some things and highlight a couple of truths. So James 1 verse 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Well, obviously, it's talking about wisdom. Wisdom will be given to him. Now, very often we use this scripture to teach on receiving from God in all kinds of other areas, because I believe there's general principles in here. But the main theme is wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom. Now, the, the, I just want to, for now, highlight that one word, lack. If any of you lacks wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom. And that word lack there, it's, it, it's got the idea of to be destitute of uh, or to be inferior in. So if you are destitute of wisdom. Now, it, it jumped out to me at one time that until you recognize that you lack wisdom, you are not going to seek God for it. As long as you feel you have the wisdom you need, and as long as you believe that in your head and in your understanding 
that you have the answers, you are not going to seek him for it. So that word lack is quite important. You have to come to the point where you recognize, I do not have within me right now the wisdom that I need. And until you recognize your lack, you're not going to seek after it. Now, we're going to we'll talk about some of the things the scripture talks about seeking after it in a minute. But you have to recognize your need for it. You have to recognize uh, that I do not have within my mind, my own understanding, even, even to a degree, my, my understanding of scripture so far, the wisdom that I need. Now, notice again in that is the, the responsibility is on us. It doesn't say, if any of you lacks wisdom, God will make sure you get it when you need it. Right? I, I don't know, you know, I'm, I've heard people say things sometimes like, well, you know, like something happened to someone and people say, well, why, why didn't God tell them? Why didn't God say something? Why didn't God lead them? And again, it's putting it all on him. But is we're going to see in scriptures that the, the responsibility is upon us to seek him for it and to come to him for this. Now, he makes it available. This is why he says it will be given. He gives liberally. It's available. It comes from him. He's the source of it and he's willing to give it. But we have to recognize our lack of it. We have to recognize our, our need for it, and we have to value it. We have to value, and part of it, there's a, there's a big aspect of humility in this, in recognizing, you know, there, there's a scripture actually. Um, let me jump a little bit, a little bit ahead. There's a scripture that says, there is a way, I think it's Proverbs 14, 12, it says it more than once, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Now, in other words, when you're looking at that way where you are right now, it seems right. Now, in that, in that phrase, it seems right, you could, you could realize this, that as best as your judgment is able to tell you, using all your understanding, using all your knowledge, using all of your own wisdom, as you look at that situation and you look at the way, you will come to the conclusion that's the way through it. And that's the way that seems right to you based upon what is within your capability to, to understand at the time. And, and, and yet still, even with that, you can end up going down a way where the end is death and the end is a mess. So it, 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 that same idea is in there. If, if we're always just going the way that seems right to me based upon the information available to me and myself right now, then you're still going to, according to the scriptures, end up on the wrong paths that can cause destruction further down. And that alone should, should help us come to the recognition, Lord, I need understanding beyond myself, beyond what's currently within my capabilities, okay? Now, let's, let's look at another scripture quickly, Ephesians 5. Familiar scriptures, but you're going to see the same idea. I, I have so much notes available on this. We're just going to, this, like I said, because this is more informal, we're just going to go with it as 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 necessary, and we'll see how it how it comes. Um, Ephesians five 
17 says this. Uh, Therefore, do not be unwise. Well, unwise is the opposite of wise. <laughs> do not be unwise. Who, who's that instruction given to? Again, this is me. He is instructing me not to be unwise. Now, that indicates we can be unwise if we don't follow this instruction. Uh, Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Um, I'll I'll draw the connection more between the will of the Lord and the wisdom of God as we move forward in this teaching. But we're commanded uh, not to be unwise. Um, and, And again, actually notice that connection with the will of the Lord, but understand what the will of the Lord is. If you're unaware of God's will, it's not his fault. He tells you to understand it, doesn't he? He says, do not be unwise, but understand the will of the Lord. In other words, the the responsibility is on us to make sure we don't know the will of the Lord. And some people might say, well, you know, you don't know the will of the Lord. Yes, but the responsibility is upon you to find it out. We Just coming to the place where I say, well, we don't know God's will and that's just the way it is, is not an acceptable conclusion. Now, many people have come to that place and they excuse it away. But you have to get serious and even aggressive to a degree about understanding his will, his way, seeking after his wisdom in your life if you if, if you really want it. And uh, according to that verse there, we do not just automatically know God's wisdom and God's will, okay? But not knowing it is no excuse. Not knowing it is no excuse. Uh, We can go through life spiritually lazy and we can go through life as fools and we can make a big mess. And we will reap the fruit of foolishness over and over again until we understand the wisdom of God. Okay, and I don't know about you, but I, I want to actually really get a hold of his wisdom more and more. <clears throat> now let's go to Proverbs four. Proverbs four. Just remember that opening verse. If any of you lacks wisdom, if you lack it, you have to you have to recognize I lack it. I don't have it. I need it. All right. Now let's look at Proverbs four, verse five. Get wisdom, get understanding. Proverbs 4 verse 5, get wisdom. Again, who is the responsibility put on there? Does it say God will make sure you have the wisdom you need? It doesn't. Now, if you apply yourself and you get it, then he will help you and show it to you. But again, over and over again, he says get it. and, And the understood subject is you get it. Now, we're going to look at how to get it, where to get it, how to get a hold of it as we talk about, but just grasp this part of it right now. The, as we go into this series, the first thing we really want to grasp is, is, is building more and more, Lord, I want to get your wisdom. And in fact, I want it on a daily basis. I don't want to make another decision. I don't want to make another mess of another situation, relationship, friendship. I don't want to do that again. But I want to grasp the wisdom of God and, 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 and in every way know how that wisdom can change me. Now, I, I'll cover this more, but let me throw this part out as a little hint for now. 
the wisdom of God, in fact, actually go there. Go, I, I, let's go to James. I, I, I think let's look at the scripture. James 3, I think it is. James 3. I just want to, um, I'm going to, I'll throw this bit out now. We'll probably dig more into this a little bit later on in, in the series. But um, James chapter 3, verse 13. So we're on there. Again, familiar verses, but but let's just draw out some things out of this. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Now, that's a question, so we should answer it. But one of the things we're going to learn is we don't want to just be wise in our own eyes. Being wise in our own eyes, being wise with my wisdom is going to get me into a mess. But we want to be wise in the wisdom of God. Okay? So who is wise and understanding among you? Now notice this. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct. Do you see that phrase? Does it say if you are wise, great words of wisdom and deep sounding parables will flow off your lips? How does he show wisdom shows up in your life? By your conduct. You see, wisdom isn't just how much you know. Wisdom isn't just how much you can tell other people. Wisdom is what's coming out of your behavior. Wisdom will change the way you act. And this is actually what we want. When the wisdom of God comes to us, we want it to... Oh, okay, you're going to pop over and go get him. No, that's fine. <laughs> so... <coughs> The book, of, the book of James, she's just going to go pick someone up who's gone to the other place. Um, the book of James is a lot to do with conduct. In fact, he shows earlier on, I think it's James 2, he talks about if you have faith, let me see it. Let me show it in your actions. Faith comes out of your behavior. And, and he also shows the love walk coming out of your behavior. It, it doesn't, it's not just a matter of saying, oh, I love you, and then it doesn't show in your behavior. And I, we've all made that mistake. I've made that mistake where love has not been reflected in my actions. And it's something we, we want to change. But here he's showing wisdom is to be reflected in our behavior. When, when, when you really get a hold of the wisdom of God, it's going to change the way you act in situations, it's going to change the way you act toward people in relationships. It's going to change the way you act in your conduct with people. That is where wisdom is to show up, not just through deep sounding phrases and parables. Um, and, and this is important. And, and we'll look more of that as we go on. But I just wanted to throw that bit out. Now, let's go to let's go to Proverbs. Uh, we were in Proverbs 4. I think let's go to Proverbs 8 for now. Proverbs 8. Right, Proverbs 8 verse 1 says, um, Does not wisdom cry out? And understanding lift up her voice. She takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. 
she cries out by the gates at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. Now, this is what wisdom is speaking from verse 4. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men, all of us, men and women. Oh, you simple ones, understand prudence. Now, notice that word simple ones. In other words, in fact, the, the word simple, it's connected to the word foolish. Is a similarity. The, the word foolish has got to do with simpleton. So who is wisdom speaking to? Wisdom is speaking to the fool. Now, this is the first piece of good news, actually, because the wisdom of God is not just for the wise. <laughs> the wisdom of God is for the fool. Even if you've been a fool up until now, even if you have done foolishly, acted foolishly, we could have messed up over and over and over again. But if we apply ourselves to his wisdom, we can become wise in those situations where we were previously foolish. And so wisdom calls out even to the fool to invite the fool in to, to, to receive that wisdom. How long will you, will you simpletons... Um, Oh, you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak excellent things, and from the opening of my mouth will come right things. So, whose wisdom, or actually, whose wisdom calling out to all of us, even the fools? But notice this, wisdom is calling out. In other words, wisdom is crying out to us to respond. That, that availability. This, this shows actually God is... is making his wisdom available, and his wisdom is calling out to us, but there has to be an, a response from us to desire it, <clears throat> and to desire it to function in our lives on a daily basis, to look for it on a daily basis, so that it can transform us the way he wants it to. But wisdom is available, and he wants us to have it. Now, let's, let's begin to talk a bit about how to get it. Actually, let me say this first. Most, most of us know Solomon. I suppose you can't really teach on a subject like wisdom without mentioning someone like Solomon. <coughs> Suddenly gone dry and I've run out of my coffee. Um, one of the things Solomon got a hold of and understood early on in his life was his need for wisdom. You know, God appeared to him in a dream, wasn't it? And basically said, ask anything you want. Now imagine God did this to us. Now he's done in his word, ask me anything and I'll give it. But imagine this kind of very real vision and all time. A lot of people would put more confidence in the vision than they, hello, good to hello. see you, good to see nice you. To see you. Nice to you. Nice to you. <laughs> oh, it's good to see you. <laughs> I'm just going to keep teaching and then we'll, uh, what was I actually saying? Solomon. Now, Solomon has this, this dream and God, God actually paid him in the dream and said, ask anything you want. Now, if, can you imagine if God appeared to us in a vision and said, anything you want, I'll give it. The average Christian would get their shopping list out. Oh, yes, Lord, I'm a yacht, a boat. Oh, I want to win the lottery. Oh, you know, oh, you know, we would just pour out this whole list of things that we want. Um, but actually, Solomon's response really impressed God because he valued 
discernment and understanding, which is part of wisdom, above anything else. And if, to the point that God says, because he asked for that, God said, you're going to get all the rest of it. Um, the unfortunate thing about Solomon is he didn't always live by his own wisdom. Okay, which is part of the lesson that we will learn. As I said, wisdom should be shown in your conduct. But in order to really get a hold of the wisdom of God, this valuing it above all else is important. Uh, in fact, I don't think I read this far, but um, Proverbs 4 or Proverbs... Uh, ah, it's in Proverbs 4.7, uh, which we've moved on. But Proverbs 4.7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Principle means foremost. Now, if God says this is the foremost thing, this is the, the number one thing, this is the top thing to get a hold of, we need to realize that. Our value system should adjust to his value system. Now, he's not trying to make a mess of our lives by teaching us that his wisdom is the principal thing. In fact, he wants, us, he wants us to get our relationships right. He wants us to get our lives right, our work lives, our home lives, our family lives, our relationship with our spouse, with our kids. He wants us to get that all right. Um, but without his wisdom, we're not always going to. Okay. So he says, get a hold of wisdom uh, and, and make it the principal thing. Now, this isn't just make it the principal thing for a moment and then forget about that. This is each day. Lord, I need your wisdom today. I want to seek you in these situations for your wisdom because I lack it. I need the wisdom of God in this situation. His wisdom can help you see where you messed up, where you got it wrong, so you can do it better next time. All those kind of things as well. Now, let's go to Proverbs 2 and look a little bit at... at how to get the wisdom of God. <coughs> Scrape the last bit of coffee out of here. Do you have water on you? Oh. It is cotton, yeah, and I think I'm just getting dry. And, and uh... Proverbs 2, verse 1. This, this passage in Proverbs 2 is quite remarkable in helping to understand how to get the wisdom of God. Because... Me, more and more, you know, it doesn't matter how much of the word you know, you still have to recognize I need his wisdom more. Because the moment you come to the place where you think I, I know it, I got it, you're on the wrong track, right? Uh, in fact, one of the, like I said earlier, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. No matter how much you know, don't ever come to the point where, okay, I know I'm equipped. We, there's got to be a hunger, Lord, I need more. Lord, I, Lord, I, I'm still lacking. I want to understand in every situation. Um, and sometimes the honesty to recognize you've been a fool is a good starting point. And God can begin to teach you then at that point and help you to, to, to really understand and, and, and open things up. Okay, Proverbs 2 verse 1 says, My son, if you receive my words. Now, you're going to see an incredible connection between his words and his wisdom. Uh, in fact, many of Jesus' parables, Jesus spoke about the wise and the foolish. And one of the parables which we're familiar with uh, is the, the, the wise man, oh, thank you, the wise man who built his house on the rock, thank you, and the fool who built his house on the, the bad foundation, yeah? 
Ah, oh, it's better. You remember that parable? The, 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 the man who built his house. But Jesus specifically refers to those people as a wise man and a fool. Now, what did the wise man do? The wise man heard Jesus' sayings and did. He put them into practice. But what did he hear? Jesus' sayings or the word. And, 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 and because he put that into practice, that's, that's where the wisdom was. So there is a very strong connection between his word, what he's saying, and his wisdom. You can't separate these two things. Even through the first couple of chapters of Proverbs, which we'll, we'll look at at another point, you realize how connected his wisdom is to what he's saying. So a big part of walking in his wisdom is maintaining listening. And that's a huge theme of the first eight chapters of Proverbs. You'll keep saying, I think it's Proverbs 1.5 says, a wise man listens, a wise man hears. Uh, and you'll keep hearing Proverbs saying, I'm, uh, wisdom saying, I'm speaking out to you, hear, listen. The listening heart is vital in this. Uh, and, and, and the learning heart, the recognition, I need more information and understanding that's been currently within my, 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 my grasp. Um, whereas the fool always thinks I've got what I need. Uh, we'll look more at these scriptures later, but some of these you probably, I think it's Proverbs 9, talks about a wise man loves you when you correct him. But a fool hates you, really. Why does a fool not appreciate correction? A fool sees no need for it in his life because he thinks he already knows what he needs to know. And there's no need for someone to show him something else. A fool feels like I have within myself, I, I know, I can see it, I, I've got it all. And he, he realizes, he thinks that, so he won't look at his lack for wisdom. So when he's corrected, he doesn't appreciate it. Uh, and pushes it away. And who do you think you are? But a wise man is open to correction because he recognizes I do not have within me all the information I need right now. And sometimes someone else can show me that information. Sometimes God can use someone else. Okay. So the the, the listening, the openness to, to new information coming from outside, particularly from the Lord or from the Lord through people is a vital part of, 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 of walking in and receiving wisdom. And that conclusion, and I keep saying this, that I currently do not have within me all that I need for this situation. If I just rely on what's already in me, I'm most likely going to make a mess of it. Yeah? No matter how much experience I've got in life, no matter how, how far along... We, we, the further we go in life, the more we tend to rely on my experience and what I've learned so far. But even if you're 95, 99 years old, 100 years old, still realizing no amount of experience could possibly have yet taught me all I need to know. The wisdom of God, I value it more above my own knowledge. Uh, Proverbs 3 talks about trust in the Lord with, with all your heart. Lean not... On your own understanding. Lean not. When you lean on something, it's your support system. When you, If you're leaning on, on something, if you're leaning on the wall, then that wall's holding you up. In other words, don't just rely on your own understanding to be your support system. 
but look to the Lord for the support system beyond your own understanding. That's the theme in there over and over again. So Proverbs 2, let's try to get into this. Proverbs 2 verse 1, my son, if you receive my words, do what with his words? Receive. That's the openness again. Not just hear my words, receive my words. The receptive heart to hear not just your own understanding, but his words, which is an insight beyond your own understanding. Okay? And treasure my commands within you. What, what are you to do with his commands? Treasure. Notice value. If you treasure something, you value it. And this, this is what we're going to start to see in this passage. So that you incline your ear to wisdom. Notice the listening aspect of again. You, you, your ear is filtering into you information you currently don't have. So he doesn't just say, look to what you already know. He says, incline your ear. In other words, look to something you don't currently know. What? His words, obviously. Incline your ear. Put yourself in a position to listen. Yeah? The more I'm seeing this, the more I'm realizing, Lord, I did this foolishly. I did that foolishly. But Lord, I, I want to listen now. I want to come to the point. Sometimes, sometimes you have to hit a point where you just say, Lord, everything I've got inside of me is just not enough. I need your wisdom, and I'm going to, I'm going to be before you until I get the wisdom of God so that I can get things right from now on. Okay? And I'm going to listen, and I'm going to listen, and I want to hear, and I want to listen. All right? Uh, and, and apply your heart to understanding. Apply. Does this sound casual? Does this sound like, oh, Lord, give me some understanding. Oh, thank you, Lord, and get on with your day. Does, does this sound like throwing up a quick prayer at, at breakfast time? Lord, just give us your wisdom and understanding today. Thank you, Lord. Move on. To apply yourself to something is what? Sorry? It's a, this is a commitment. What, what level of commitment? This is an all out. I want this. I'm going to apply myself to it. To the point that I get it. This is not a casual thing. This is one reason many people never get the wisdom of God. They're too casual with it. Oh, that'll be nice to have some wisdom. Oh, the Bible says if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Okay, God, give me some wisdom. Thank you. Bye-bye. And they never get it. Okay? Because the instructions here, you have to apply yourself to this. You, you, if necessary, you have to really get before the Lord over time and seek him and seek him and seek him. And I found myself having to even do this a lot recently. And, I've, and, and God can open some things up to you that you just toe-blinded to. Didn't even know were there. But he's, this is, he loves us enough to want to show us. And he can see things about us that we can't see. But you can keep going on blind. But he wants to show it to you if you apply yourself to this enough. And he will. He'll help you see it. Apply your heart. Verse 3, yes, if you cry out for discernment. Do you, do you hear this again? Cry out. This terminology, apply yourself to it. Treasure it. Cry out. Okay? If you, and if you lift up your voice for understanding, uh, if you seek her as silver, in other words, something valuable again, 
how do you seek something valuable? Okay. Well, let, actually, let me read the next phrase. And search for her wisdom as hidden treasure. There, there, there's a little bit of a clue there. Yes. If you really value something, you value and a hidden treasure. You value it. The the whole the the theme that's coming out of this is value. Do I value this enough to really seek after it, treasure it? How do you look for hidden treasure? Do you just quickly glance? Ooh, no, no hidden treasure around here. Let's go. You're not going to find it. Are you? If it's hidden treasure, you got to look. You got to search, dig. You got to dig deep. Dig deep in the word. Dig deep in yourself before God in prayer, and 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 this can. Do you? Does it take three seconds to search for hidden treasure? The hidden treasure is something you you commit yourself, you value it, and you put the time into seeking it. So he said, search for the wisdom of God in the same way that you would search for hidden treasure, something that you really value. Then he says, verse 5, then, then what will happen? Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Now, many people want that part to come to pass. But the then, the then, <coughs> the then in verse 5 is the result of verse 1 to 4. What we've just read. Then, after you've behaved according to how verse 1 to 4 lays out, then this will begin to open up to you. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom. There it is again. James 1. Will he give you that wisdom? Where does it come from? It comes from him. Does it just fall on you automatically? Does it just come upon you because you're casual with it? No. He's showing us through his word, I've got to see how lack it. I've got to recognize my need for it. I've got to begin to value it, treasure it, and apply myself to it. And, and really see, Father God, that I've gotten to the mess that I'm in right now because I haven't received and walked in your wisdom. And he, what, will he, what will he begin to do? Will he withhold it? Will he just say, oh, well, tough you? <laughs> no. This is, you know, this is one of the beautiful things about when we serve God. You know, Non-Christians, people who don't know the Lord, all they have available to them in, the, in life is their own experience, their own wisdom, their own understanding, and maybe some help from other people around them who can give them some of their own wisdom, their own ideas and understanding. But you know what? You know, even other people who give you their advice can get it completely wrong. They don't... They're not necessarily speaking the wisdom of God. It's not automatic. But in the natural world, without God, all people have access to is their own understanding and their own experience. And, 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 and they might get it completely wrong. The, the advice that they give you might be completely off base. If it's based upon their experience, it might lead you down the wrong path. But it might seem right to you because it sounds good because you think they know what they're talking about. We actually have to realize, just like I don't always know what I'm talking about, they might not either. 
and and in in the natural world you can be so limited by the by 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 what wisdom you have available to you but when we know god we have access to something way beyond and he can show you a path and show you a way and teach you a way that's beyond anyone else's experience that's beyond anyone else's understanding and it's not always the path that that, that your understanding would put you on I mean, you just look at the amount of times in Scripture God told people to do something which didn't <laughs> make sense. Why would stretching out a rod over a sea make any difference when there's an army behind you? Okay? How's that going to help? Why would marching around a city seven times and then shouting on the seventh day, how's that going to make a difference? How, what kind of military strategy is that? How would putting clay in someone's eye and then going washing it in a particular pool, how's that going to make any difference? How's that really going to make any difference? If you let your mind get in the way of the wisdom of God, you can talk yourself out of it. God can reveal his wisdom. He can begin to speak to you and you not listen because you keep talking yourself out of it with your own understanding. He can be trying to show you do this and your own understanding can then get in the way and keep you out of that. Even when his wisdom tries to come to you, you can push it away because it doesn't make sense to your head. Or This is where you have to yield to his wisdom. You have to say, Father God, once I, once I know and understand what your wisdom is saying, I'm going to go with it even if it goes against my understanding and the understanding of what other people have told me. As long as you know it, you're hearing from God. And that's sometimes you've got, to, you've got to understand. But you see that. We have access. He wants to give it to us. But not only must we recognize our lack of it in order to seek him, but we also need to not let his wisdom, not let our own understanding conflict, cause a conflict with his wisdom when it comes so that we then don't yield to his wisdom. When that wisdom comes, we need to value it and begin to say, Lord, you do know best. You do know the and understand the path. Does that all make sense? Now, I'm not going to do, I don't even know how long I've, I've actually taught. I'm not going to do a massive teaching today. We can even talk about it a little bit. But that's the bit that I wanted to get out. There's, there's so much more that um, we can get out. But we do. We need to know.